0: I was so afraid of love because it made me feel so out of control, even as a young girl. And um, I don't think we talk about that craziness isn't bad. Welcome to the
1: Fearless Happiness Podcast, where we showcase phenomenal individuals who have overcome serious traumas, life obstacles, and challenges to find their own path to fearless happiness. Listen as Max Naist invites guests from all around the world to share their experiences and spread strength, hope, and faith. This is the Fearless Happiness Podcast, and this is Max Naist.
2: All right. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in this world. This is Max from the Fearless Happiness Podcast, and today I have a very, very special guest. Jennifer Reese is with me today. She's got an amazing story, but... What I like to do, Jennifer, is have my guests introduce themselves to my audience, like who you are, what you do. And then you and I are just going to have a conversation and have fun with it and tell
0: people how badass you really are. Oh, man. Jeez, Louise. A little girl. <laughs> Uh, first, I just want to say thank you so much for um, having me. It's, uh, still a little shocking when people allow me to come on and, um, use my voice and my heart and my soul. And I appreciate what you're doing. And, um, when two minds collide, who knows what could really happen. So thank you for, for allowing me some time. And, uh, my name is Jennifer Reese and first and foremost, I always like to introduce myself. I'm the daughter of the King of the most high. And, uh, and after that, I'm a wife and a mother of four and it is that probably has humbled me and grounded me in a way that i never wanted to experience and probably always wanted to experience um i wear a lot of different hats um my husband and i have multiple businesses we're from we're in the medical field we're also in the investment raising capital field uh we're we're in the franchise fee field And for the last ten years, I've been able to coach men and women, and I'm now stepping into my own. So I am actually a speaker and a live event coach for men and women, and we we bring the violence and the grace out in human beings, both men and women. So that just is like the short end of everything.
2: Um, uh, Jennifer, like I'm sitting here, right, and we had (laughs) we were chatting before, right, and there's so many directions we could go um but little did i know we were part we're part of this networking group and and it was funny because when you messaged me you're like yeah like you saw me and you said it kind of freaked you out like and and you know you know yeah and i teddy's my brother and everybody says that like the older i get the more him and i look alike and the more we like I went to that party I was telling you over the weekend, and like my sisters, right? It's not their dad because we had different dads, but they're like they were just staring at me, going, You look like your dad so much. And you know, that could be a curse for me, and it could be okay. Cause but I remember when I was young, my mom would one time she reached over and smacked me one, and I was like, What's that for? She goes, Because you look like your dad. I'm like, Well, sorry about that. But anyway. So, like, I want to talk about some of the challenges, right? Because takes a lot. You first and foremost, I want foremost. I want to say you have one of the toughest jobs in the world, and that's being a mother, if not the toughest, right? Because it's like your president, CEO, CFO, COO—you know, everything of the family and everybody, right? Looks to mom when they need stuff, and and it's just like, yeah. I hate to say it, but you have to learn how to multitask, right? Because we were talking about like getting your child to jujitsu and and doing what you got to do. And so, but anyway, give my audience a little background of where you've been and, and some of the challenges along the way that got you to where you're at today.
0: So man, thank you for letting me even share this. You know, when I was younger, I never wanted to have children. Um, and I uh never even wanted to get married. And there was this light switch that turned off when I was five. And my perception of what happened probably isn't factual. I'm just going to say that like straight up. So at five years old, the light, like I turn off, it went, I went dark and I went dark for a long time. And, and the only people, I really am a human being that loves connection. And I love community. And when you believe a lie about yourself, whether someone spoke it, or it's inside of your head, and uh, you're just willing to take off with it. So I just thought that I was um, the black sheep, and I was rejected, and really, and felt that I never fit in. And because of that, the the people that I like to fit in were people that, in I would tell you in society measures, they say that they're, um, you know, the, maybe the drug addicts, the, the gangbangers, uh, the homeless, um lower class I'm going to say lower class that's how the that's how the world would describe us I don't I don't go by class um so also so that's where a lot of things began for me for a very long time and I got really really good at it and I was really really good at it for a long time until I I got pregnant at a young age at 18 and a half and I was actually very indifferent as a human being um There was no love. There was no hate. I had a job to do. I went and got it done. Um, I was very committed to that job. I did whatever it took. And, uh, you know, um, lying, cheating, stealing, all of it. You know, I handled my business. And even when I found out I was pregnant, I was figuring out a way to really reconcile what was taking place. and and um i didn't want to have an abortion but i never wanted to have a child so there was this internal battle that really started to take place and um so and that was really when i stopped becoming indifferent all of a sudden feelings started to really show up you know and then uh nine and a half months later i had this beautiful child and this doctor put this child in my arms and Max, I broke. And I believe that was probably the first time in my life for a long time. I don't want that's a little too dramatic, but a first time in a very, very long time that I realized um, that I was made to love people. And um, from that on, I resisted that love for a long time. Um, I did change my life a little bit and uh, stopped drinking and stopped using and Hit out in a room, I kid you not, Hit out in a room until that young person was born. And uh, was. Ma- I was able to manage some life skills. And then uh, he was probably about 11 months old and I thought I was pregnant again. And this is like, I see it now, but God really kind of did a lot of stuff. Anyways, long story short is what really came to the end of the battle is not only was I pregnant again I found out that I was pregnant with this beautiful beautiful girl and you you have to look at yourself in the mirror I didn't act like a young lady I didn't act like a woman um I was not I did not have any valor or virtue and um I knew something something was going to have to give and uh, I knew that she was brought here for a very special reason, and it was my job to figure that out, and it scared the living crap out of me. And I would love to tell you that I got my life together, and I didn't I didn't get my life together until uh, she was about 13 months. Um, and then I had a wonderful encounter with a couple people that actually still weren't too afraid of me, and <laughs> um, they helped me out a lot. With two two small kids and at the time i was married but i i left i went back home and from there God's really uh showed up in many ways even ways that i haven't wanted to so that's just the beginning of where i've really started and my boots have been on the ground from probably the age of nine sometimes on the dark side um but for a long time on the light side
2: right and see that's what and if you can we'll What i want to get at is right like you say there's that dark there's that thing that happens when we're younger right like somebody says something to us and it changes your whole perspective on life right you either um i don't feel good enough right or like Mm you me i felt like the black sheep because right and it like i can pinpoint a lot of it right just things that were said by relatives and stuff like that right and then Cause my mom yeah. and dad were divorced and right. I was always compared to my dad and I hated it. And the more you did that to me, the more I was going to show you how opposite of him I was. <laughs> right. Um, but then, like you said, you have your children, right. And things slowly starts to, you know, it's like God is slowly, slowly sprinkling stuff on you. Like you're going to change whether you like it or not, but I'm going to, this is how it's going to happen. So, so being a young mother, like what were some of the challenges that you went through? Like, because you know what I mean. People, I was young when I had my first son. I was twenty, right? And I didn't yep. know anything, you know, like how to be a dad. And and right. And we'll get into other stuff, but like, what were some of those challenges that really shaped you? As you think, if you look back now, you go, it was that, you know, my children having them young and here, having to step up, whether I liked it or not you know, how did that shape you?
0: So, gosh, what a really, really amazing question. I, I believe that I can start here. It wasn't until I was really, when I had my second child, because I now, you know, I have four now, when I had my second child, like the heart, when my heart broke open, I was still in like in this dark world. And so now I'm, I'm in this dark world and I have two kids how do i protect them from this world that i've i'm a part of that i'm creating that i'm actually bringing demand in and not only am i bringing demand in i could possibly potentially be bringing in people that are going to lose their life or bringing them into this world that some people don't ever get out of right and all of a sudden i was thought like these are the this the demons here are happening here and I still had a job to do and what it came down to I was so afraid of losing the community and and I believed it really was it's my racket it's the belief because I'm the black sheep I mean here's the belief the story right um and it's so interesting um you know you say you don't want something but you go after what you you say you don't want and for so many years that that is really what I did and so really being someone that was so dark and and it was like i don't want to beat myself up in guilt and shame i don't want it but it was gross and dirty and then coming home and shaking that off and then picking up picking up these two beautiful human beings that completely rocked my world and all i wanted to do was hold them and cuddle them you know and um eventually my my coach, my friend, Dan Ticini said this to his daughter one time, and it hit me like a ton of bricks. He looked at his daughter and he said, I'm going to chase you until you let me find you. And I believe that's what God was doing the whole time. And how God really found me or how I stopped running from him is through my children. And it just got to a place that I wasn't willing to completely shut myself down. That these two kids not only did they bring life back into me but it's not their responsibility for for me to live and it's not their response i don't get to live through them i get to bring life to them right and um and so that's really how it really kind of started it it was a slow journey max i mean i remember walking into rooms that help people that really needed help with like drugs and alcohol and uh one of my dear friends man I love her to death still to this day and she's my best friend but we had a shirt that said F U F and F like (laughs) we were not gentle women so to speak you know and um and also but that's who I really always wanted to be like I wanted to be this dainty beautiful little girl that wore dresses and the kindness and i would walk into a room when i was a little girl and i could work the whole room and it wasn't working it was i love connecting with human beings and being told hey be quiet sit down you don't have to talk to everyone why are you like that all of this stuff and remember you guys this is my perception right you know um and um and then on top of that just you know little things and getting excited about things and my parents are still married my parents are amazing human beings no one's perfect and um and also with that said i just didn't know how special what an amazing gift it is to be different that okay you're the black sheep okay right on like you know what like not only are you an amazing person but you get to be unique and special and inside of this yes it's gonna there's some deep stuff that you get it you get to go through through that that's leadership you're cultivating community cultivating love and you're and you like I feel for people and some of that stuff was really hard to to understand and know also and especially through the children, that's really what brought me in. Like I could no longer lie to myself about that. I that I didn't care if I was harming another human being in any way, because um, I could no longer look at these two beautiful human beings and tell myself, "Wait a minute! I obviously not only do I care, but I love and I nourish and like like curling up with them." And that's really what I have always wanted for myself and for anybody else. And so you know the floodgates opened and these and it was my job my responsibility to to allow these two beautiful humans to come in and find their own path their own voice their own journey and you know what i was going to fucking do it right
2: it's you know like you gave me the goosebumps when you were talking and and you thank you first and foremost for being so vulnerable right because that's a hard time when you think about right like like i didn't as as you know, like you said, you had great parents. I had a wonderful mother. Yes, my mom and dad divorced, but you know that the things you put in your own brain at those young ages were like, you know, and during my addiction, it was my mom's fault. It was my dad's yep. fault. It was everybody else's fault, but mine. Right. But like, you know, I met people like what you described when I got deep into my addiction, right? Like i met people that I saw mothers, right. That could be let's say, let's just say this way, hardcore at one moment. Right. And I, you know, I, a guy, I would be like, I'm afraid I ain't messing with that woman. You know what I mean? Cause she's a, I'm not, but then I could watch him turn around and be so gentle to their kids. And right. And like you said, they were stuck in this, this darkness, but yet they're luckily maybe the kids pulled them out. Right. Like yours did. And But like, it was weird because I I don't come from an abusive background, you know, and, but when I, you know, got it deep into my addiction, right, mom kicked me out and I ran the streets and watched some of the things that I've seen, you know, in the tweak world, as you, as you know, just, and just that whole, right, that whole. (laughs) And, you know, and I had one of those moments too, where the last time I was in jail, right, because I was facing three years in prison. Right, I was doing a six month violation and I share this sometimes, but I was with my bunkie, right? We we're having this conversation uh, because I, when I was in my addiction, right? I abandoned my kids, right? I yeah. did what I said I would never do. I became worse than my dad. At least my dad, his job took him overseas, right? He tried to come back, but then he died of a massive heart attack, which I blamed on him. Like it was his fault. Like, how dare right. you, right? You Half broke a loop. promise.
0: Um, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I used to have this picture, right, of my three older kids. And it was a picture at Christmas time of all three of them sitting on Santa's lap, right? And there was this one lady that she was like a mama bear to all of us, even though we were messing up. But she'd always say, hey, Max, I know, let me, I'll babysit your kids, right? So long story short, I'm having this conversation where I go, yeah, my friend's babysitting my kids, right? And this picture of my kids and we're going back and forth and I go, yeah, I love my kids. And then I started getting into that pity party, right? Like I'm just laying it on them and I finish right, cause I'm telling him how much I love my kids and blah, blah, blah. And there's about a three second pause and he goes, Hey homeboy, if you love those kids as much as you say, what the fuck are you doing here? And I was like, (laughs) Like, how dare you, right? You just disrespected me. I jump up, he jumps up. And I just stared at him. And I was like, you know, in that moment where you go, he's right. Like, how can I say I love my kids where I haven't even seen them in nine years? And I'm sitting here telling how much I love these these kids of mine. And I gave the dude a hug and I said, you're right. And then now I hear almost 20 years later, I've been in their life for 20 years, right? But it was those moments that at least I think for me, like you, I think God stopped me enough to hear what he was saying to go, dude, listen to what he's telling you. You haven't seen your kids. Cause I used to tell my sponsor in the beginning, oh, I love my kids. If God loves me so much, why would He take my kids away? Right. Sure. And the, the brilliant sponsor that I have, he's, I still have him 20 years later. He'd go, yeah. Hey Max, let's think about this. You gave your kids away. You didn't even take no, yeah. nobody took your You didn't, You gave them away. Right. And it was like moments like that where, this journey of recovery, like that onion, we talk about, you know, uncover, discover, discard, and it's an everyday thing, right? (laughs) Yeah, You got to see your face, everybody. It's the same face I make when I do that. It's just like, like, really got to do this, but like, but you've been doing it for a long time, right? And look where you are today, right? So
0: if you look back in
2: hindsight, those two children of yours were that gift that God gave you that, whether it's slow or not brought you to where you're at today. Right. And you're happily married. You have a home, you get to do all this amazing stuff. Right. So, you know, tell the audience a little bit about some of the lessons you learned as, you know, you started coming out of that dark place. Right. Cause you and I know with long-term sobriety, sometimes that dark place actually looks okay. Sometimes like that pops in Ooh. our brain, like, you know, like, Hey, Maybe I try it out again. But luckily we go, Nah, no, that's not a good idea, right?
0: Yeah. Well, nowadays the dark place is almost, it's the victim. Like we in the coaching world or in like my experience, we call it the racket, kind of like a racketeering, like a storefront, right? And right. so um, it just so happens I'm very comfortable in the dark. And so the dark for me no longer looks like drugs and alcohol, violence well not all the time i i am a woman that believes that violence is important um and also i am a woman of peace and so there was a long time where there was no peace in just one way so the journey has this is what i can tell you and i used to hate this when i used to hear this from people in the rooms that i you know that i go to or even outside like mentors i had a lot of women that came in and just like I had women that I didn't deserve, but I wasn't going to push them away anymore. Not only that, I had some experiences, even when, when I first, at 24, sober, two kids, like, what the hell? I had some pretty interesting people say, hey, like, what are you doing? You were never really one of us. Like, you have, like, go. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, so, and like you said, I think there were... I believe all humans have those moments of opportunity. It just so happens sometimes we can silence our own demons to hear them. And that has been the biggest lesson for me is, Jen, are you willing to be brave enough to silence your own bullshit? Like, am I willing to be courageous to be with myself and that story of the black sheep? Am I willing to let it go? So then I can really become this woman who I have always needed or wanted when I was younger. And that is now really the internal struggle. And I, I use the word internal, internal violence, but that has really been the lesson over 22 plus years now is that, you know, you take away certain things and, and yes, for a long time, you're starting to learn how to live without some crutches and then coming to find out I'm my own crutch. And so if it really if if it really is me and really is my mind then then I really needed the help and I didn't do everything perfect by any stretch of the imagination I fought back a lot I love to resist I want to know why something works or right. and like you're telling me to go do this and I have to go to some dinner with all these people I can't even stand I want to know why this is going to work for me When I'm freaking 55, you know? (laughs) And gosh darn it, like it works for me at 46 still because I can walk into a room and whether I'm uncomfortable because I'm judging myself, but I want to judge somebody else, I will walk into a room and it's kind of like a chameleon. Like I don't have a bad definition of a chameleon anymore. When I'm insecure, I'm going to come up to you and say, Hey, how are you? You make me feel a little fuzzy inside. So obviously I'm feeling a little, uh, insecure like tell me like what do you do and so it's through all this process and all these people that have really loved me and given to me that all i want to do is give it back and um you know the phrase the older i get the less i know i hate how true that is <laughs>
2: because I i'm laughing it. with you i hate it too
0: <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> i want like i want to go straight to my punching bag downstairs and literally like rip it open i'm starting to what i am starting to think i understand about that is every night there's a death that occurs i go to sleep when i wake up the morning if i think i know or what worked what i knew yesterday works for today then i'm already dead and as long as I continue, and you know, I mean everyone wants to look good, feel good, be right, and all of that stuff, I'm super included in that, and there are many times that I'm like, <laughs> I'll die on a hill, and I gotta tell you it's not fun when you cleaned it up, but um, you know, I just I was so afraid of love because it made me feel so out of control, even as a young girl and um I don't think I don't think we talk about. The, that craziness isn't bad that craziness of loving another human being to a point that you want them to be well that that there's an ordering of chaos that really can occur and um and I don't know if we're always taught that as a young child and for me, it scared the crap out of me um and um so now when it scares me, I'm just willing to be with myself when I'm scared. I'm no longer to really create chaos and wreak havoc and And i'm not saying i don't because i do um i mean i just had to apologize to my husband this morning about it like hey i really handle that situation i freaking love you so much that i feel insane right now and there's obviously a next level that's occurring for us and i want to hide i want to resist this i don't want you to know how much i love you and how much i want you next to me and also if you walk away from me, I'm gonna be mad at you because now it's your fault you're walking away. And like now we can laugh, right. but that took two days. So, you know, I don't, it's what a beautiful journey we get to live. And so many people, well, you know, um, I don't know why I'm here and I'm not gonna second guess it. I'm right. going to take advantage of it. Um, do I deserve it? Probably not. Am I grateful for it? Absolutely. Am I going to do everything that I think I can do and and then allow other people to speak into my life because they can see more of who I am um, and then go after that? Uh, then yes, are there some days I just wanna hide in bed? Yep.
2: Yep, I know, I know those feelings, right? And I'm gonna tell you uh, fellow, long-term recovery person, right? I believe that, you know, look at all the chances we've gotten. If you think back on our journey, Like, you know, there's moments where we're like, dang, I shouldn't have made it through that one, you know? Oh, kidding. But here's what I do. Whether I'm at a treatment facility working with a client or my private, whether I'm coaching, I always start off with, look, you're a child of God and he don't make junk. You know what I mean? So you're here for a reason. Shine your light because the world needs it. And I know it's going to take time because I'll get this cross-eyed look like, what are you talking about? Like, I go, well, God. if you think about it, God doesn't have grandchildren. So you're his child, go do your best and know that you're loved. Right. And, but I had a hard time with that too, especially in the beginning. Right. Like I did like, I relapsed four times when I got sober in the beginning. Right. And it was kind of like my way, like, I still have the same sponsor almost 20 years later. But it was like those times, if I look back and I'm honest with myself, it was like, I'm really going to see if this guy talks the talk and walks the walk, right? Sure. And I'm the one hurting myself, but guess who yep. was there every time I came back with no judgment? Like he's one of the men that knows everything about me, you know, good, bad, or indifferent. I call him my Yoda because it's always, I always feel like when I see him or go into his office back in the day, it was like, Max use the force right like i always said i'm going to come in your office you're going to be floating in the middle of the room with this green aura around you telling me to use the force and he always laughs but i mean he's been there through thick and thin through my family stuff that we kind of talked about i mean not once have i had to ever doubt or ever doubted that you know that man was there and and it's like you i'm i i it's hard because there's times where right, I still have that, maybe that male macho thing, right, where, like, I have to learn, and I'm I'm a work in progress with, when it comes to communicating with my wife, and telling her how I feel, right, because, you know, we're, we're taught as men, like, I'll handle it, you know, don't worry, I got your back, babe, you go, you can get anxious, I'll handle it, I'll handle it, but I know that there's times she wants to know, like, how are you feeling, and I have to get better at that, and I admit that to her all the time, like, right, you know, like, but for me, it's hard to say like, hey, honey, you know, sit down. I want to talk to you. I got to tell you how I'm feeling, right? Like I still struggle with that even after all these years. But it's also, it's good for me to hear your story, right? And that's why I asked you to come on because we, I believe we're all special in our own way. And you and I, people like you and I. Even though we had that dark side, we are connectors. We love connecting with people. I think that's that superpower that God gave you and me and people like us, right? Because we've, as the guy, you know, my friend, I told you on the podcast you're on, Chris says, he goes, we've, you and I have been in the trenches since day one. If you think about it, even when we were little, right? We didn't even know it, but, and I love being in the trenches, right? Because that's where I connect with people. But yes, yep. I, I try to connect with people outside of my recovery community, right? I have a lot of friends that are in the personal development. As you know, like we all have some of the same people on our network. And I'm like you, I like to see what makes them tick, you know, and just yeah. oh yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'll ask her questions. Uh, and and me and Chris have had those three and a half hour conversations. He's had three and a half hour conversation with my wife before, right? But that's what I love about doing this, right? I get to know people on a different level. So like, that's why I'm so grateful you came on. So, you know, I know this is a constant battle because you and I can relate, but it seems from what I'm hearing, you're telling me is that it's getting better, right? We have our moments. So what is it like today with your kids being older? You're married, uh, you're back in California. And like I said earlier, you know, I pray for you because I want to leave too. Like, you know what I mean? But like, those are the outside things, right? But we know if we have a good foundation, right, we can get through anything. So tell the audience, like some of the things that you do for like your self-care to make sure that you take care of you, because I I believe in that airplane analogy, right? If I don't take the oxygen first, I'm not going to be able to help my wife because I'm going to be choking on no air, right? So what do you do for yourself that, you know, keeps you grounded and for the most part there for your family, right? Because we all have our moments, so we're not perfect, but, you know. It sounds like you're you're pretty solid and you have a wonderful wonderful family and it's just been so far this has just been amazing
0: thank you well um so gosh um let me just say this first of all one of the biggest transformational things that have happened is that the word battle like just even the word battle is that really if i'm not careful that will really feed into my default my default story of like oh i have to be like this or i have to be the tough guy and so one of the coolest experiences through uh, and you know i'm i'm in prayer every single morning and um and i would love to tell you that it's only five minutes i would love to tell you it's 30 minutes i would love to tell you it's this like i Of course there's like a roofer over my head i apologize but i can't even hear
2: so you're good (laughs) okay
0: so i do have a routine that works for me so if it works for me it may not work for anybody on this what i can say is that this routine is a beautiful template that's that is what has really created my life and it's not because i'm brilliant or i'm wise it's just from all the people that have loved me i have been able to take little bits and pieces to make it work for my my purpose my mission. And so um, I do, I wake up in the morning and one of the very first things that I say is, gosh, Lord, thank you. Like, even when I'm f- like pissed and we can get into a faith topic for a long time. I was in the occult and I was a witch. And so, um, <laughs> I mean, I I mean, I, I literally have had 1200 different lives because I had to recreate myself so many times that was just out of fear. And so now um, you know, I do that. I go downstairs, I get my coffee. um, for me, um, I do a Bible study, and then I'm on my face. Like it is time to ground myself. And what I mean by that is, um, I, inside when you have over twenty two years of experience working with others, living a life of being a sober minded, not putting things in your body because you have to even when you want to and you think you need to you still choose not to right um that we we kind of self reliance really becomes a big thing it and it's not intentional it's just oh i know i know what i need to do because i know what's been working and so getting on my face really allows god to come back in and um you know when it comes to self care this is something that In my experience working with especially women for over 22 years, and even some men, that I even challenge them what self care is. I like to call it really self compassion. It's not, yes, I get my nails done, I have fake eyelashes, all all this radical stuff. Um, (laughs) Like it for for me, self care is very internal. Um, And it's, am I willing to let my mind and my heart and my body connect? And when I'm on my face and all I'm hearing is my breath, and all I've got to do this, I have to do this. Am I willing to ground myself to pause to quiet the mind? And am I willing to pray for people I can't f and stand? How about the people that have actually harmed me when I think I'm doing good or righteous things? All those people? Um, You know, praying for my enemies, praying for my family members and for my children and um, or when my husband really pisses me off, make sure I continue to pray for him and the world around us. And so that that gives me a moment, at least a moment in the morning. So when then I wake up and I'm up and standing that now I really feel like I'm prepared to hear what God actually is calling me to do for that day. And then I go to the gym. Um, and, uh, uh, that's for me, that's where God and I fight. Like, I would love to tell you, I'm so Zen that I don't have any horrible thoughts about human beings or <laughs> thinking for the world. Right. Um, I, I do. And I like to be under the iron. I like to be under that squat, squat rack. Um, I also do some martial arts and, um, I like sometimes getting punched in the face a lot. And, um. And I really like for me, I'm fighting God like you promised this or why does this happening or why are these kids being harmed or what in the world? Like and so I just get to get all that rage and all that pent up. I'm creating so many stories before the sun's even set. You know, and it's even in the know you, right. So, so that's my time. And then by the time you know, I come home, and hopefully, like, you know, our routine at home is very different than some other people. We don't like breakfast either, either made, or my kids are at the age where you know they fend for themselves. My youngest now is 14. Like, he he makes his own food, he does his own laundry. Like i'm now at a phase where i you know i was boots on the ground as a mom and like did it really hard and also made lots of mistakes and i have some amazing kids but not because i was perfect because i told them listen i'm going to mess you up all of my kids i told this i will pay for your therapy if you ever go to jail or there's a drug problem i will stand with you i will not save you um and but but this is a ride that we are on. And we are going to do it together, especially being so young and having a child. Nobody tells you what to do. And so I constantly and some people think I'm a little bit too open and transparent with my kids. And I just tell them, like, right on. No problem. Like, I, I hear what you're saying. I'm going to listen and learn. Uh, and then I'm going to take a stand and speak to my kids, you know. And um, and so you- they may or may not agree with me but I can tell you uh so far two out of four have been in therapy intense therapy Uh, one of them is like you and I so obviously there's no perfection but what it is is my kids knew from the very beginning that I was going to love them freaking no matter what and um that I would fight for them no matter what and that they were going to have to be accountable no matter what but but their mama was always there and uh you know it's it's been great so that's kind of little stuff that i do and then um other self care things when i can feel myself getting itchy or some people say anxiety or frustrated i pause you know and just kind of give myself so there're just four things i do every single day pray workout uh i actually feel my body pretty darn healthy actually i want to live to like 275 years old i know that's not the <laughs> norm out here Right. Um, I don't want to miss anything, so I actually really fuel my body, and not perfectly. I'll eat a Snicker bar, Hershey Kiss, Hershey Almond Kisses are like my weakness. Oh, mine's um, Reese's
2: Peanut Butter Cups.
0: Oh my gosh, like <laughs> they just be so good for you. And um, I know, I know, right? so I do. I eat. Um, I eat in a way that fuels my body to allow my body to really actually work for me, not against me. Right. And, um, and then every single day, either a friend, a child, a parent, my spouse or whatever, they get a post-it note or a text or a video and it's maybe 30 seconds long and I'm connecting even a business partner or a VP on my team or whatever. I'm sending them a video or a post-it note. I'll take a picture and just say, hey, I'm thinking about you. You're freaking rad. Like yeah. keep going. And just connecting. And then from, from there, I'm just like, all right, God, I don't know what you're going to put me in right now, but we got to go to work. that's it
2: yeah right that's i did you hear her audience right like you don't have to make this complicated right um and that just kind of brings me back to when i got first sober first got sober my sponsor goes max you gotta learn how to get vulnerable and i was like i couldn't even pronounce the word at that time like wings right you know i mean like (laughs) what are you talking about right and then later what
0: are you doing yeah
2: like (laughs) are you serious like Right. And it was funny when you mentioned like praying for the people, like I'm going through this thing at home, right. Where I have to make a repair and I was in the process of doing it. Right. And I never thought I'd actually meet a Karen live and in person. Right. And I did. Right. And, oh, let me tell you, man, this lady, like it brings me back to when that part, you know, in our recovery where we're going through the book. Right. And I remember like my sponsor going, The ones you hate the most, you need to pray for them for two weeks. And I'm like, I don't know what the F you're thinking, but you're smoking crack or something because I'm not doing that. Right. And he goes, are you going to follow direction like you said you would And I'm like. Right. So I'm in the process of doing that right now because like I see him drive and I just like I want to throw rocks at the car. Right. I want to like, oh, anyway. Right, and that's hard, right, for me because I want to fall back into old behavior and go. Oh, you want to be a dick to me? Let me see. Let me show you what I can do, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, but I have to remember, like, okay, because then I get that angel and the, de- you know what I mean. And that's God going, dude. That's not what I taught you. So pull your head out of your butt. But it's. I got to tell you, Jen, it's been very, very hard for me to go bite my tongue and not want to say something. You know, go run in my backyard and yell across the way. He say, you know what? Oh, I mean, because they're causing more headache than it should have anyway, but I get what you're saying, right? If I didn't do those things like you do in the morning, like what I I almost is similar, right? I get up, I pray, meditate, right? I, I talk to God first and then I try to listen for a little bit. Um, and then I try to, you know, I do my gratitude journal and then, you know, in the morning after I, I make, because I help take care of my mother-in-law. I do my mm-hmm. workout, my cat ke- and I'm into this kettlebell thing. Right. And it's tougher okay. than it. I, I was like the first couple of days, like my legs are sore right now. I'm like, it's tougher than you think. Right. And it's okay. good for me though. Cause I lo- after that surgery, I was telling you, I lost a lot of my balance. So it's teaching me mm-hmm. it's it's I'm using muscles. I haven't felt <laughs> in quite a long time. Right. But it's that's like, issue. <laughs> but, yeah, right. And it's it just it's making it's releasing those natural endorphins cuz I got mm-hmm. off my medication about 4 years ago. I was on a antidepressant, awesome. right? And it just stopped working. Right? Yeah. When people are telling you, Max, you're here but you're not here, right? Like you're not happy, you're not sad, you're just kind of bit. Yep. I have, you know, that talk with God, okay, is this the time, right? And of course, my wife as great as she is. She's in the background doing research and she goes, "You know, after about 10 years, that shit don't work." <laughs> like all right. So I called my doctor. I did it the way he said, and I've been off it for four years and probably feel better than I ever have. Right. And I'm like yeah. you, I want to live right. Cause I've already beaten most of my dad's side, my uncles, like my dad died of a massive heart attack at 55. I think yeah. I had one uncle that lived to 92, but the rest, the other three of them all died before 65 of heart or cancer or, you know what I mean? I'm like, so I'm already beating them. I've never had a heart issue. I'm doing okay. Right. And I want to keep it going. So, like you, I try to fuel my body that so my body works for me, not against me. Yep. Right. Cause we already did that back when, right. When we we're putting oh, all yeah. that poison in our, you know, like my my one mentor said, you were committing suicide on the installment plan, buddy. Every time you oh, stuck a drink, so you know what I mean? Like every time you stuck a drink or drug the way you did it, you were committing suicide on the installment plan. And I remember he had me. I was like, like he's right. Like, Oh my yeah. God, I was, but you know, this journey called life, you know, okay. with its ups and downs, mountaintops and right. has all led to like this wonderful moment of being here with you on the podcast and you're listening to you share how, how life's been for you and how you deal with. Right. Cause we yeah. still, you know, it, and I know that we still have that dark side, but we oh, choose yeah. not to, to go there anymore because we know what, you know the light is much better, even with its challenges. And so, what I like to there's a couple of questions I like to ask. You know, I, oh goodness <laughs> They're not bad, right? So, look, if you see the name, that's the name of my my podcast. Is the name of my book Fearless yes. Happiness. So, I like the first question I want to ask you is, um, what does fearless mean to you, okay. and how does that show up on a daily basis for you?
0: Okay, so, gosh. Man, Max, you're asking such really great questions. Um, So this fearless means to me the willing to acknowledge and own the fact that I have fear. And that my goal isn't to become fearless, that every single day I'm aiming for something. I'm aiming for connection. And inside of that aim, am I willing to be brave even inside of my fear? Am I willing to be courageous even with my fear? and am i willing to be kind and loving when i'm scared and so for me that's what fearless means for me is that that i've it's not fear doesn't go away and i don't even in the darkness that i don't have to flee from it that now it's it's an indicator it's telling me something's going on and from that point, am I willing to just be with what's going on inside of myself? And then from there, just talking to another human being. So for me, that's what fearless means.
2: I love it. Right. Everybody's got such amazing. The guests I've had since day one have. It's funny how the answers are different, but the same if you think about it. Right. Because yeah. really, if you think about being fearless, will we ever be really be fearless? No. Right. But we can learn to be. We can learn to fear less, right? right? Yep. I love that. And you and I have done that in our recovery, right? Like when they said you had to work steps and go to meetings, right? I had no idea prior to getting sober, like what a like, right? And then I got to share it. Like, no, like I don't even like you people. Like, why do I want to come in here and show you? I'm like, you know, like, but um, but it's a lesson I've learned. Along this journey, it's okay to be afraid, right? Mm -hmm. One, now it makes my blood pump because then I know if I just go through it, I'm going to learn something, right? Because it's that old saying, what doesn't kill us makes us grow stronger, Right. right? And like you, my purpose is hopefully from those lessons learned, I can help other people go through, right? Getting into recovery and getting sober and letting them know, yeah, it's scary, but you don't have to fear it, but just do it, right? Just one foot in front of the other. And like you and I know, we just connect with people and say, oh, just let them know when they know that they've got somebody holding their hand, it makes it so much better. Right.
0: It does. It's, yes, that's what it's about.
2: <clears throat> and it's just like in anything, right? Business, like when you do things yeah. yourselves, like I remember growing up, always was so stubborn, right? Cause I wanted to be the guy that could do everything myself. Right? Yeah. <laughs> right. How many times did I fall on my face? But it's like business and life, it all parallels in our recovery, right? You know, when we do it with people, like minded people. And that fear gets less and less. Cause you know, you're not alone. It's just, I believe the fear gets greater when you think you're all by yourself and there's no one there to help support you. Right. But when I become fearless, right. I can connect with Jen. I can yep. connect with other people and go, Hey, I got this going on. What's, what do you think? Right. Instead of trying to right? Cause I only have two brains. I like to tell my kids, I got two brain cells left and they're always arguing. So you know, you got to slow down and let me let me catch up to what you're trying to tell me. But I got That's three so- that right. Dude, I got three kids that are on chip off the old block. And. um, Right. And. But like you, you know, even though I wasn't there, right, like these last almost 20 years, I pretty much have told them, I love you and I will be here. Right. But if you get thrown in jail, I'm going to do what your grandmother did to me. Hey, can you bail me out? You're gonna hear a chuckle and then the dial tone, because that's the first thing I heard, right? But I gotta tell you, I used to get angry because my mom did not do that with my little brother Teddy. That you know, it was like, oh, help me do these care packages for him, and I would walk out of the house. No, anyway, I'm off track a little bit, Um, but you get what I'm (laughs) saying, right? It's
0: the baby.
2: God, it used to drive me crazy.
0: I know Uh, it's so lame, but there's a there's some weird, strange pull with that little baby boy. I gotta tell you.
2: Absolutely. So um, my next question for you, right, is something into a little bit um, happier, as they say. So okay. happiness, right, is the second uh-huh. part of the title. And I put a Y in there. So what is that. happiness knowing I put the Y in there? What yeah. does that mean for you? And how does that show up in your life today?
0: Well, I act, It's so rad that you're asking me this because I this morning i was i was listening to some of your podcast and uh stalking you a little bit and just like i'm preparing i'm preparing as much as i can and also expecting for things just to go a completely different way when i see your word happiness what really occurs for me is that there's joy the why and the joy inside of happiness and i was like god that's so weird and corny like really you're gonna make me say something like that and (laughs) um so for me this is happiness is um stop like I'm no longer willing and there are days but to be myopic on things you know throughout the last 22 years you know I've been married twice and I've had houses and then we've lost them my kids have watched cars being towed away the kids and I were almost in a homeless shelter when I had 14 years of sobriety um you know like That inside of that, there's you get moments consistently all the time of laughter, even inside of someone else's sadness. That for there, just like the breath, like there's something wonderful of this gift of desperation, just knowing that I'm breathing. So for me, happiness is am I willing to really be inside of current reality, even though I know? there's no way I can possibly even understand that um am I can I just accept the fact that I my worth is not contingent on someone loving me or liking me or thinking I'm amazing the car I drive the shoes I wear if my kids even like me or love me if my kids leave me am I still willing to be happy and to continue so happiness for me is freedom
2: I love it. I love it. That's a great, great way to look at it. Right. And that's why I put the why in there. It's part of what you said is that joy, right? Because we, if you think about it, happiness is sometimes fleeting, right? I could yep. be happy in one moment. I could walk out this door, stub my toe, and then you're going to hear the F-bombs, you know, like oh, happiness, yeah. right? For sure. but, but as you know, and I know we've learned over the years, right? The happiness comes from within, right? Like no one's going to make me happy. I could have yeah. the best spouse, the best kids, right? But if I cannot make myself happy, then it's gonna show, right? So I I put the why in there because I always tell my uh guests, right? That that happiness starts with you, it starts from within, and and then it doesn't matter what's going on around you. You can always be happy, right? I've been through and you I, I, I know you have, but we you know, in this thing called recovery, right? It's not a straight line and it it's definitely a zigzag up and down and And I've been able to still find moments of joy through all the craziness. And as you know, what's happened to my family and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I love your answer. It puts a big smile on my face, right? Because like this is divine intervention that I get to do this, right? Because there was a moment if you would have asked me 20 years ago, you'd be on a podcast with Jen Reese. It's amazing, woman who has a family. I'd have told you, Jen, whatever you're right, smoking or drinking, pass it my way. But I I I'm loving this path because I get to be with amazing people like yourself and, and hear not your bad. story and and right and hopefully share your story with my audience in the world that doesn't matter what you're gone through, right? You can always change your perspective, you can always change uh the trajectory of your life. And right, it's not gonna be perfect but you just got to get perfect effort, which means you get up in the morning and you try every day.
0: Right. I mean, this, and this is also, you know, there, there is a lot of despair. You know, there is a lot of loneliness and isolation and, you know, in recovery and in the world, you know, people don't always make it. And if anybody is struggling, um, in any, any way, food, alcohol, drugs, suicidal thoughts, anxiety, depression, like Matt, uh, Max <laughs> like reach out to Max I'm not kidding you um I reached out to him asking him a couple questions and it was almost immediate and I know sometimes some people can't respond immediate but what I did have noticed about you Max and I just really want to say this is you really pay attention to the details on with people and the small details and if you're not able to respond you at least respond hey like I, I'm here. Can we do it now? And you're giving someone the option, the opportunity to be like, hey, I'm really messed up. And you're still open for to take care of yourself in that moment and also somebody else. So um, and you know, sometimes I am I'm aware that people don't want to live and I just want to challenge that. I really want to challenge that. And um, and and I want to say, like, if you don't, like right on, you're loved. Yeah. And uh you don't have to even not want to live alone. Um, and there's very few of us that will be willing to be with you even in those moments, but we're here. And, um, right. and we're we're not, I don't want any human being. And I know I can't make this true, but I don't want anybody, any human being to die thinking that they were alone.
2: Yeah, exactly. And that's my
0: purpose. That's my purpose.
2: Yeah, that's why I do what I do. That's one of my big, the biggest reasons that is part of my purpose is because you and I have seen that where people have died because they thought they were all alone when all they had to do was pick up that phone or just right and which leads me into this the next couple questions right is like if someone wants to work with you jen right they want to learn how to speak or business whatever coaching you do Mm -hmm. how can they get a hold of you where can they reach you where the where can they find you
0: so i would tell you the easiest way is uh just go on Facebook, Jennifer Reese, R-E-E-S is in Sam. And um also I can give you my phone number. I have a phone number that I give out. It's 949-793-1986. It's pretty simple. Um, and you can ask me any question. And if you want to work with me in whatever capacity, um, let's we'll see if you're a really great fit. And what I that's what I mean by a coaching style, business style. I don't mean if you're struggling in a life or death situation, I'm I'm all in. I'm committed to that all the time, and um, and and I just give my phone a bro. I'm great, and I like God protect me and guard me. And my husband does a great job, and I have a great <laughs> team. And that's the simple way. And also, eventually, if you just send me a message, I'll send you my website, and we can we can go from there. But just text me. Absolutely,
2: and I'll make sure that's in the show notes, everybody. If you want to ever get a hold of Jennifer, um. I'll make sure that we can, that I'll make that happen. So again, Jen, thank you so much.
0: Thank you. This has
2: been just an awesome, awesome experience, an awesome conversation. So grateful that you took me up on being a guest, but there is one last question oh, I get yes. to ask before we part ways, right? And I asked this of all my guests and it goes like this. What is one piece of advice you would give my audience, right, to help them become better people? And to become better human being, what is that one piece of advice that you would give them to help them become better people?
0: Oh gosh, gosh, I'm going to cry on the very last question. (laughs) My advice to every single human being is this: connect to the heart, connect to your own heart, connect to the heart with a stranger, the person next to you, because love conquers a multitude multitude of stuff and even though you're scared love actually really can win and so let love win let it f- make you feel crazy and go insane and and also there's a lot of us that are with you and so uh let's just just love
2: but i've been taught just love on each other right that's what god says anyway
0: you might not always
2: have to like each other but we can love on each other right well, love thy neighbor.
0: Yeah, thank God I don't have to like you, but I will freaking love you, I promise.
2: <laughs> That's awesome, man. So god, like this has been great. Thank you exactly. Jen again for your time. This has been amazing. Thank you. you heard it everybody, right? As you know how I do it, right? If Jen made you think, if you she taught you something, if she yeah. made you laugh, if she made you cry, and like I always say, if she made you go, "Hmm, like ooh, that was <laughs> good," right? Please go to iTunes and leave a five-star review. Let's do it, and uh, yeah, leave a, a review so more people can find the podcast. And then, until next time, everybody, we'll see you later. So again, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in this world. Have a good one, and I'll see you later.
1: Are you tired of being weighed down by life's traumas and struggles? Join the Fearless Happiness Lifestyle and let us guide you toward a brighter future. Explore past podcast episodes and get a copy of the Fearless Happiness book to ignite your inner strength. If you or someone you love is battling addiction or facing challenges related to unresolved trauma, know that we are here for you. Visit maxnates.org, M-A-X-N-I-J-S-T.org, and take the first steps toward finding your fearless happiness. Thank you for listening. This has been a production of Fearless Happiness.